Hey, bye bye. Okay. This week's parsha is parsha's va'ira. Parsha's va'ira is, uh, so to speak, the, the uh, beginning of the end of the Egyptians, which is the beginning of the end of the exile of Egypt. So, in the beginning of the parsha, the parsha discusses the the Jews in the in Mitzrayim, they were being persecuted and tortured and worked slaved away. And there's a lot of back and forth between Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I promise to send you out, to send everyone out of Mitzrayim. And then there's a lot of back and forth of, of when things don't go exactly as planned. Moshe Rabbeinu goes and cries out, Hashem, not fair. I'm, so to speak, the middleman. And it's, uh, and then right in the beginning of the parasha, there's a famous, uh, we, we all presumably know this from the, from the Pesach Seder, from the Seder on, on, on Pesach night, on Passover. And in the Pesach Seder, it says, in the Pesachim, I'm sorry, it says, they're called Dawid Lashinis of Gula. Four Lashinis, four, um, um, how do you say Lashinis? Four, um, um, different definitions, different words that define, um, Gula, define the redemption. And really, there's five. First one is I'd say, it was right in the beginning of the parasha. If anyone's looking inside, feel free to follow along. In the beginning, it says, Pasuk Vav. You don't have to if you don't want to. Just feel free to, to look inside if you want. That's the first one. I will take them out. Take you out, actually. Take you out. From the bondage. They call them here the burdens of Egypt. Okay. And I will save them. Save you. Rescue you, the article says. May I write that? Big Gaalti Hashem. I will. Um, Gaalti means to 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 redeem. Bezway in the with the outstretched arm and fine. And then the next passage in passage Zayin it says V'la Kachti Eschem Uvila Am. And I shall take you as a nation. Those are the four Lashonos of Gula, and the fifth one we'll find in passage in the bottom of the page. In, if you have all of the art scroll, same version as mine. It says, That's, didn't happen right away. That's when they eventually went, when they ended up going to Israel. Vehevesi means, I shall bring you to the land, which is talking about going to Israel, which happens later on. And the Mepharshim actually tell us that it's referring to Mashiach, when Mashiach comes. So those are the four of the Gehula. On the Pesach night, we drink four cups of wine. I think we all know that. We all do that. The four cups of wine um, go connect these four lashinas of the gula, and just uh, want to point that out. That's in this week's parsha. Anyways, continue on the parsha. The parsha basically goes through um, talks to Moshe Rabbeinu, goes to the lineage of Moshe again. Um, the the Mepharshim tell us the reason why the Torah goes to the lineage of Moshe again is very very specific. I'm, I'm sure there are many different versions and different reasons. As to why, well, just just uh, um, in, the, in page three twenty in Arzgal, it says the Eloi Shemitah goes through all the different names of 
Ruben, and then Shimon, and then Levi, and then it goes to Levi's children, and it goes all the way until where? Until, until Meish Rabbeinu. In, over here in the, in the end of the which is very interesting to note why why we go, why why is this Torah specifically going to Meish Rabbeinu's lineage again? So the Mepharshim say, I believe I believe it comes from Rabbi Shammah and he says over that the reason is very, 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 very specific. A lot, the other nations, the person that that that, that started the nation is, is usually uh, there's, there's there's like ten thousand different religions in the world, but just to, we're just we just call the the the, the, big, the big three, whatever you want to call them. And the 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 the, the person who started the, that religion is usually pretty uh, hidden and obscure and. No one really knows much about them until they all of a sudden one day wake up and say, "The Lord speaketh to me in a dream, whatever." Right? And that's usually pretty much what happens, right? And really, if you think about it, it's a little strange. We don't know anything about them. We don't know if they were in an institution before. I'm I'm being a little bit sarcastic. I'm sorry if if anyone's offended, but. Uh, and we don't know much about them until we don't know who their cousins were, we don't know who their uncles were, we don't know anything about them. In our parasha, Moshe Rabbeinu, Sarah is telling us every single detail about him, all his cousins, everyone knew who he was, he grew up, we found out exactly all the details of how he was born, where he grew up, we know every detail about his life, we find out. And we go through all the things that he played, when he was a kid, he played with this person on the street, and every, all these little details that we found out about Moshe, it's not like all of a sudden one day he woke up when he was 80 years old, and he decided that he was burning bush, he was by himself, and all of a sudden he became savior. That wasn't quite what happened. Fine, that's just a parenthetical aside. Anyways, as you go through the parasha, the, the Mako started, the plagues, the ten plagues start in this week's parasha. Seven out of the ten plagues are in this week's parasha, and each one of the plagues, there's, there's so many things, there's so many details we could go and discuss, but those are more my humble opinion for the Pesach Seder, all the details and ins and outs. In the Parsha class, I think we want to go more general idea of what's going on and try to take something out of it. But each one of the plagues, um, power gives a, power gives a, a sorry, Moshe Rabbeinu gives a, a warning for the plagues and, and then they try to copy them and the first two, they actually can copy the the, the black magic, the which the the, the how do you call them the people who were um, blanking out the black sorcerers sorcerers yeah. sorcerers yes sorcerers perfect yes they were able to imitate the first two but then they were they were they were uh, couldn't figure out the rest of them so we have dumb is the plague of blood Tardea is the plague of of oh, let's just go through them I'm not going to go through them in very detail but I'll go through the Basic ins and outs of the plague. So down is blood. Blood went through the whole, the whole, all the water of Egypt turned into blood. Okay, what is so special about that? Aside from the fact that you can couldn't drink any water, but technically Egypt was a desert, and the only water source they had was like the Nile River, and there was nothing in Egypt. Once the 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 all the water turned into blood, there was no sustenance. There was nothing. They didn't have any. Uh, any uh, exciting uh, watermelons and honeydews? It was just it was it was a desert. And when 
the Jews, the Jews did not have this plague. The plague did not affect the Jews whatsoever. And they had water. And in the beginning, the Jews were drinking water. They actually had a, 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 the famous, there's a famous medrash, which every kid in, 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 in Torah prep and in four, four-year-olds comes home with the same project, that they have a big cup of water, and they have two straws coming out, and one straw was the Jew was drinking from, and the other straw the Egyptian was drinking from, and the Jewish guy straw stayed water, and the Egyptian straw, as it went through his straw, and it put into, it put into blood. So it was like a big, crazy thing, and it only was for the Egyptians. That was the, the famous project that we all did when we were little kids. And that was that. It was a, and what was the media connected media? All the plagues had a specific media connected media. Now, that means that they were corresponded to one of the evil, bad decrees that the Egyptians did. I don't remember them all in detail, off the cuff, but Dom is very clear. The, the, the Egyptians, or Paro, slaughtered all the Jewish babies and he bathed in their blood because he had a terras, he was he had a leprosy, and he thought that that was going to cure it. So that was a very clear media connected media for that. Tridea. Tridea is the next plague. It's the plague of frogs. Every single thing was covered in frogs, and top to bottom, everything was just full of frogs. Okay, well, we look at frogs, like, what's the, what, how, where did Hashem pull off that from? Frogs. Okay, but I have no idea. <laughs> but the real, if you think about the, 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 the real plague of frogs was that they make noise, and the noises were so loud that the Egyptians couldn't sleep or do anything for seven days. All the, all the plagues were seven days, besides Rechoshach, which was which is a whole different story, which is next week, so we're not going to talk about it anyways. And that was the plague of the frogs. And not only that, but the plague of the frogs, all the frogs died on the street plop. And they had to sweep them up, and they made a huge pile of frogs. You couldn't see the, the ground. There were so many frogs. And the frogs were in the ovens, were in the food everywhere. And the frogs were so, there's so many dead frogs that the whole Mitzrayim smelled so bad and stunk that that alone was, so to speak, was the, the one of the worst part of the mockers. That the whole city and the whole thing smelled like a, like a, like a, like a sewage garbage dump, like a, like a, like a zoo, whatever. Yeah. A really bad zoo. And that was a kinim. Kinim is the third maka. The third maka is the maka of lice. Lice, kinim, or lice. And it said that, it said that, that the, there was like, I don't remember how many tvachim, there were a few tvachim with the lice. Like, like a good, a good six inches of lice. All over, wherever you walk, the whole earth, the whole ground turned into lice. They were crawling with lice, and I don't know if anyone had lice here. We all don't know who they were lice. With. I mean, you know what it is, but we don't know what it feels like. But it's, it's excruciatingly uh, uh, irritating, and they had that for seven days. They couldn't either sleep, eat, and they couldn't do anything. And they were just ro- rolling over in pain. Lice. That's the third one. Arav. Arav is the fourth one. fourth one is wild animals, wild beasts. So imagine the whole jungle, or imagine being in a zoo, and you're inside the cage in the zoo, and not outside, and all the animals are together. And interestingly, the Medrashim tell us that the animals were all transported from their own habitats with their habitats with them. Very interesting. So the polar bear came with little ice cubes, little ice ice cubes, little igloos, whatever you want to call them, a little ice thing, and the, the koala bears came with their bamboo sticks and the whole thing. And they all came with their natural habitat with them, so they could they could survive for the seven days. Hashem could have theoretically made a nest and made them survive without that. But the magician tell us 
that the animals came with their natural habitat, and it's, uh, it's actually an interesting thing. There's one, the Gemara tells us, there's one, there's one animal called, uh, I think it's called Yedaini, Yedaini, it's just an animal that is attached to the ground, and it's a, a very, very dangerous animal. The Gemara tells us it's so dangerous, even the lion can't compete with it. But the catch is that it can only has a cord, like almost like similar to like an umbilical cord, that it's attached to the ground, and it can only go 50 amas. 50 amas is like 150 feet. Give or take. 100 feet, 100 feet, I'm sorry. And it can jump 100 feet, and then it, it gets stuck by its cord. It's like a, like, you know, like a lawnmower attached to the wall. Once you put the cord, it's done. So anyway, this animal had to get transported. So the Mephoshim tells us that Hashem made the same type of snake and actually transported it in the ground together with its like umbilical cord and actually was able to do its damage with that. Okay, next place. Never, never. It's actually, I believe, called the plague. It's like a plague. All the animals died. All the animals passed away. And it was like a plague with animals, and the animals all just poof. One day they just all just died. And the 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 mafarshim, um, the, the pasuk actually tells us, but the mafarshim actually explains in the pasuk that the pasuk says, let's read it inside. If I can find it, page three. Um, all right. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, pa- 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 page 334. Um, I'll just start from, I'll just start from. I'll just I'll just read the whole thing and I'll find it eventually. But Yemma Shema Maisha Baya Pari the Bharati love go tell Hashem tells Moshe, go tell Pari, Kayama Hashem, these are the words of Hashem, okay, Ibrahim, the God of the Jews, Shah Hazami, send the nation out by Yavduni and let them serve me. Ki imain atalashah if Paro chooses not to send us out, I will and um and you will continue to grip them, basically I will still have a stronghold on them. Hine Yad Hashem Hayom Miknecha Asher Basad. There you go. I found it. Hine, behold, Yad Hashem. I'll read it inside the art school just to get the words perfect. Behold, the hand of Hashem is on your livestock that are in the field. On the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the cattle, and the flock. A very severe epidemic. Okay. So the Torah is telling us that all the animals got who that were in the field are going to get killed. So the very smart people who lived in Mitzrayim, the very smart Egyptians said, wait a minute, in the field, oh, everyone put their animals, everyone who wanted to save their money, put their animals in the barns and the sheds, and lo and behold, you see how many took them later, and, and the Mepharshan tell us that only the animals that were outside. 
passed away. And the animals that were inside the barns actually got saved. Okay? We'll point to ponder. We'll get back to that later. Okay? That was Deborah. Okay? Next thing is, uh, right, we went to dumps. So they are kingdom are Deborah Shechin. Shechin is boils. They had, Hashem brought down boils on the Egyptians. And there were two different types of boils. There's certain types of boils that are soothed with warm, hot water. And then there are boils and blisters that are soothed with cold water. So Hashem brought down different types of boils that were, they had both types of boils that whatever type of water they poured on to try to soothe it, it, count, it, it was counter, counterintuitive, whatever. It didn't do a good job because whichever one they actually tried to do, the other one got, 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 got uh, burned and swollen. That was the next one. And the next one, the last one in this week's parasha is is uh, is is is, is hail. Hail the the Mefarshim, the Madrashim tell us that hail, they had a special type of hail that never was and never will be like that ever again. It was designated special from a tribe. It was fire and ice mixed together in a fiery, icy concoction that uh, does not exist. And it was something that was impossible to do. I mean, something that was impo- is it, naturally something that's impossible because one, either fire or water, by naturally um, quench the other one, that they destroy the other one. And that is the end. And that, the Barad destroyed all of the flour, all of the, the, all of the, the, the food, and the hail, the real massive hail, destroyed all of the food all of the grains and all of the stuff that were growing in Mitzrayim because it whacked everything down. Okay? That's that. And the next week's parish we talk about Arabic, which is grasshoppers, locusts. The locust, um, incidentally, tells us that... I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, yeah. The locust is... is, is, is the, 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 the terror tells us that locusts were... were Basically, ate up all of the 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 all of the the, the two of them. Right. We'll get back to that later. Also, uh, just the one thing I skipped out was that in the part in the borrowed by the by the hail. Interestingly enough, Hashem tells Mitzrayim, Hashem tells the Egyptians that they should also bring their animals inside, and then they will get saved. The Atta Shalacha Aedas Miknachan Pasagetes, page 336, Parak Tes Pasagetes. The Atta Shalacha Aedas Miknachan, the Ace Kola Shalacha Basada, Kola Adam of Hema Shayi Mosse Basada, any animal that is found in the field, the Loye Asif Abaisa, that is not brought into the house, the bird will kill them. And then the Pasag says, Vahyare Sivarajem, those that were that were that feared the word of Hashem, they have the very heinous as Elabat, and they brought all of the livestock into the houses. Those who did not care about the words of Hashem, they left They left their servants and their livestock in the field. Okay, now that we got that, now that we got that taken care of, we will get back to that later. Okay. Now, interestingly, I just want to talk about a few things. 
a few ideas over here. Okay, so the first idea I want to discuss is as follows: in the in the in the plague of the of the frogs, we mentioned that Harry asked Meshavim to remove all of the frogs. Parakas pasak down. He says, Parakas pasak down. Do we find it? Parakas pasak down. By Yikra, Parak is the Maisha. Aaron Parak calls the Maisha Aaron. By Yoyma, and he says, Hatiru el Hashem, go and pray and dive into Hashem. By Yasa and Svardami Menu, to remove, to take, to, to take out. Send out all the Svaradami many for me, Umayami, and from the whole nation, and then I will go and, and, and do your thing. And then Majibin tells Parai that he's going to dive in. And he says, What does Parai say in Pasuk Vav? Lamachar. Tomorrow, daven for me tomorrow. And Moshe Menu says, as you wish, tomorrow. Laman Teda. I'll read the words in Arabic. As you say, so that you will know that there is none like Hashem our God. As you wish, tomorrow. The question is that power seems like he lost his marbles, right? Here he is. He has the plague of the frogs. It's going berserk. Everyone's going crazy. His whole nation's going crazy. And Meshavim is offering to Davin. And Pari said, no, tomorrow. Not today, tomorrow. <laughs> right? What, what happened there, right? So there's a vart that they say. And I'm going to say it over with a nice, exciting story that for sure happened. Or if it didn't happen, it could have happened. Um, so the story is as follows. There's one this guy. And this guy, he was out of luck, right? So he tried a business here, he tried a business there, he tried opening up a pizza store, and businesses were all failing. He didn't know what to do. So he was sitting in the library one day, and he's going through different books, right? How to build a time machine for dummies, how to build an airplane for dummies, all these different books he was trying to figure out what to do. Anyways, he opens up a book, and it talks about eclipses. Right. And he looks for the next eclipse. The next eclipse is happening in, in, in six weeks. Solar eclipse, six weeks. Okay, fascinating, right? Amazing, right? The last solar eclipse was 75 years ago, right? This next solar eclipse six weeks, right? He's brainstorming. Beautiful business idea. He f- takes a plane. He flies to Africa. He flies to the Congo. Then he takes a bus from the airport. And he goes to the closest, to the furthest in middle of nowhere, Yiddish, you call it Yopetzville, which means a place a mile away from nowhere. And he goes hiking, 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 and guess what he finds? All of a sudden, boom, there's some arrow flies by him, and then boom, he gets stuck in this weird contraption of who knows what, and where gets where he is. He's in the middle of an African tribe. You think he's getting all nervous, he's going to get cannibals, they're going to eat him up for supper, but he's smiling inside. Why? But we'll find out. He goes in there, and they're tying him up and screaming, and they're going, mum, 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 right? And who's this white guy here? 
And he, what's he do? Says, English, English, English. And no, my father, there's one guy who could speak like a few words of English. He tells the guy, leader, I want to speak to your leader. Look to the leader, big guy, he's not wearing so much clothes, and I can imagine the picture, and he has whatever, and he's chomping on the guy, the other guy who chanced in there last week, and, sorry for, and this guy tells the leader, what are you, uh, who's your God, where's your God, this tribal leader, and the tribal leader says, Points to the sun. And the guy gives him a stare. He says, if you don't let me freeze the sun, I'm going to make it disappear. Three days. You don't let me freeze, it's going to disappear. So he goes, and they put him back in jail. And he's reminding the guards, remember, two days. And they're fattening him up. They're trying to get him ready for the for the party. And then he's getting a little nervous, right? He's going to let you, right? Might not make it. One more day. He's one of the guys. One more day. If you don't let me free, I'm letting. I'm going to take your son away. I'm going to take your god away. Anyways, he's waiting for the moment, and he's hoping, cross his fingers, and I hope this book is right. I hope it clips at the right time, right? And lo and behold, at the moment, he says, 10 minutes left, and all of a sudden, the sun starts getting smaller. The eclipse just shrinking. And the sun gets a little smaller, a little smaller. Well, it's not really like that. It's a little smaller, a little smaller. And all of a sudden, everyone starts getting nervous. And all of a sudden, the sun disappears. And he goes, Hold you, hold you. And they quickly, they rush into the leader. And this leader is going berserk. He's do. Right, this poor guy, he's been, he's been idolizing the sun for the past 50 years. And Never happened. All of a sudden, this guy comes just like that. Poof. There he goes, right? Three days later, he got the sun in his neck pocket. And the guy is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, right? What did you do? And he says, not only you let me free, but I want to be your leader. I want to be your new leader. I control the sun. I'm your new leader. That guy, he's a hoax. No, anything, anything for you. Just please just bring us that croissant. He has 12 hours on the clock. The sun ain't coming back for another 12 hours, right? He has to play his cards right. Anyways, he's busy telling them, no, 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 no. I need this, I need that. He's making sure. He's going to send me kosher food from Cairo. Oh, everything has to be right. Until finally, it's 12 hours. No, fine. In five minutes, the sun's going to come back. No, please, yeah, whatever. Anyways, it comes back. All of a sudden, the sun comes back. And this guy, who was the biggest failure when he lived in St. Louis, but he moved to Africa. He is the hero. Here is their new god. Right? So it's a very exciting story. So here we have Paro laughing. Paro says, they got me by, by Maka's dog. It was seven days on the dot, right? And maybe he just knew something that we don't know. Just like this guy with the eclipse. And Paro says, I'm not falling for his trap again. He came today, and he knows that the Swadeim are going to run away today, and he hopped me again. Tomorrow, I'm going to stuck him out. And now we see the diuk. The diuk and the pasuk is so good. The diuk says, what does Moshe Rabbeinu tell him back? Power says, Lamacha tomorrow. 
Very and Moshe says, Kitvarcha, as you say, as you wish. Laman Teda, so that you should know. This is from God. This is from Hashem. And everyone should know that this is from Hashem and this is not like the eclipse. And everything from tomorrow, whatever you say, you put the day, you put the moment. Hashem can do everything. And that is what we see from this thing. And we see that uh, the way it works with Hashem is that every single thing is in Hashem's power. Hashem is in control. Paro was not sure. He wasn't convinced. After this, he didn't try pulling the shtick again. And after that, whenever Meshav and said, he said, yeah, yeah, take it away, please take it away. Okay. Another thing, another fascinating idea from Makas Friday. In the same passage before Makas Friday, Paro tells Meshav to get rid of the whole thing, all the them, all the frogs. And in Marcus Arba, which is in next week's parasha, right in the beginning, he says, and so we know that by by Tzvideya, by the frogs, we said before that they, all the frogs were sitting there dead, piled up in the nasty piles throughout the whole, throughout the whole, uh, until they actually got rid of them eventually. By Marcus Arba, by the grasshoppers, the, the Pasuk tells us that when Paro asks to get rid of the maka, he says that you should remove rock as moves that only the it literally means the death, but it means like the plague. Only the plague should be removed. It's very very interesting. Why does the pasuk tell us that? So the answer, Rashi, uh, I believe it's Rashi, the Mefarshim tells us. Just trying to find the pasuk inside. Here, um, um, uh, right in the beginning, next special page, three, um, page 342. Here, in page 342, Puzzle has Zion. But you power, liquid, and Power quickly runs to get Meish and Aaron. Yema Chatasi, I sin. Ata now Sona Chatasi Vachapam. Atiru Dam Meshem Vachasar Me'alai and remove from us Rak Etamavatazeh. In the end of Pasuk Yitzayin, I'll read it in English. And now please forgive my sin just this time and entreat Hashem, your God, that He remove from me only this death. So Mefarshim, the Mefarshim are trying to figure out why, what is that Russian, what is that public telling us? Some of the Russian tell us, so what happened was, the Egyptians chopped. They were smart. They realized that in the last plague of the frogs, they were stuck with these huge mounds of nastiness. This time, they were going to chop. They are going to beat the system. And they took all the, all the grasshoppers and they pickled them. They salted them and they put them in jars and they had these huge warehouses. They spent a whole week Putting all the all the grass that was like a hack. There's no food left, right? At least they'll have food, and they spend the whole week working, working, working in order to get the grasshoppers pickle. That's why Paro tells the positive Paro says, only remove the live fry, the live grasshoppers, the ones that were not pickled, but the ones that we pickled, those we want to keep. 
right? And then what happens? So what happens is, in the end, Hashem took, got rid of every single one. The Pasuk tells us every single one. Every single one got removed from Mitzrayim. Vayapach Hashem, Ruach Yom Hashem brought their wind. Chazak Moi, very strong wind. Vayisa Eta Arba Vayetz Ka'eu Yom Asof. Loi, the Pasuk specifies very clearly. Loi, Nishar Arba Echo, not even one grasshopper remained. Bechol Gavol Mitzrayim, in the entire um, land of Mitzrayim, in the entire border of Egypt. Fascinating. What happened? Hashem was showing the Mitzrayim a lesson. Lesson is can't beat the system. Hashem has everything. Hashem is Kal Yachal. Hashem can, is, can do all. Everything. There's nothing beyond the will, there's nothing beyond the power of Hashem. Hashem is, the, the, is everything, right? We can't beat the system. In the beginning, they thought they would outsmart God. We can't outsmart God. God is way, way beyond anything we can apprehend. And not only that, but Hashem created a world that is confusing on purpose, right? To, to allow us to, 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 to get scars, so to speak, to get reward in heaven. Every, everything would be handed to us on a silver platter. It wouldn't be, uh, the classic example they say is, is, is there's a famous, famous story, famous, famous anecdote um, set over by Rosham Shadrach. Shalom Shadron was a, was a, he was in, in, in the late 1900s, he wasn't so long ago. He says uh, over, he was a famous, famous speaker. He was an Israeli, he spoke in Yiddish. He came to America a lot, but he spoke in Yiddish. So I don't know if anyone here is familiar with his teachings, but even they translate a lot of his stuff. All right, Pesach Kron. You know Pesach Kron? So he's the, the one who's the Maga. So he, he, he gets a lot, a lot of, he's like, He's like, his first books are all from the market. He, used to, he hung, hung out, so to speak, by Roshan Shadron. That's where he got his uh, stuff from. So Roshan Shadron was met, a, I believe the story goes, a young boy who was crying and complaining how so life was so difficult and it was so hard for him to learn. And he would much rather watch soccer, the soccer game. In Israel, soccer is a big thing. They don't have uh, football and and hockey and basketball as much. He wants to be watching a soccer game, and he's not interested in going to Yeshiva. Shalom Shadron tells him, I have a wonderful idea of you. I'm sorry, I messed up this way. He wanted to play soccer all day. Watching, not watching, he wanted to play soccer all day. So the guy, Shalom Shadron tells him, tells the guy, I don't understand you. Why don't you go learn, and then at night, when the stadium's empty, you go take the ball and kick it in the net as many times as you want. And life's amazing, right? Great. <laughs> so the guy tells him, no, 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 Rabbi. Rabbi, you don't understand, right? You know, the, the, the point of the game isn't to just kick the ball into the net every second. The only reason why it's exciting is if you have a goalie, right? And you have people playing against you. Sean so, to smile as if he didn't know that. He smiled and he said, that's the same thing with dealing with Hashem and with life. Imagine if life would be so easy, right? It wouldn't, there wouldn't be anything to it. There would be no purpose in life. We have to have a goalie and a team against us. Then life 
is worth living, then life has purpose, life has meaning. If we just kick the ball into the net every 10 seconds, that wouldn't be a purpose, meaningful life. And that it was a Shom Shajan Tal. Beautiful idea, beautiful art. But now back to us, we can just, just to, to zero in on this, my Rabbi Rishlavitz, who I've quoted many times, says, he just, he just says it over like, when a person lives life, right? Just do the, do the, the 120 year life, right? And his whole life revolves around a goal, okay? And that goal is only attained at point X, whether it's a retirement at 65 or it's some other goal that he has, right? Fishing on the, on the, on the, in the Bahamas, whatever it is, right? Then he has to realize, the person has to realize that that, that end result might not happen, right? Might not happen. He might not, he might not make it there for whatever it's worth, right? And if someone has a, a, a retirement fund in, in, in Canada, they call it IRA. They call it here, uh, here they call it IRA, also, right? No, I'm sorry. Canada, they call it RSP. Here they call it IRA. Right? And he's looking every day, he's putting in money and his stock market and his phone ching ching and everything's excited, right? And then one day, poof, stock market crashes and it's all gone, right? And different things that we do, and we live our whole life with this vision in mind, right? And that vision is, is something that is, is really, we don't really have control over. Really, Hashem is the one that has control over all these things. When we live our life, and every day is, is used as a connection to God, as a connection to Hashem, and that is the end result. Now, of course, there's a, mo- there's a, there's a goal to, to become a Tamar Chacham and to grow, but every step of the way of the journey is the goal itself. The journey is the reality that we live in, right? In, in, when we live, I'll just use the example of retirement because that's just the user-friendly example. When we live our adult years, so they're from 20 to 65, so by 45 years of our life, is all to hit 65 so, and have whatever it is, a million dollars in the bank. So from those 45 years, it's all just a little, little, a little, little, uh, what do you call it? A little train route, a train ride to get you to the end. The end is, is, is nothing. But if every second of the journey is the journey itself, is the goal itself, and every second, if a person lives today, he's, Connecting to God. Connecting to God can mean can mean davening. It can mean learning Torah. It can mean we spoke about this many times. It can mean being honest in business, being honest in business, and thinking about Hashem when we're honest in business. It can mean helping our wives and helping our husbands, right? It can mean um, caring for our kids. Whatever it can be, anything. But every day is an opportunity to live the purpose, to live the end result, to live the goal. Every single day. Of course, we want to become something with ourselves. But every day of the journey is the goal itself, is the important part itself. And that's something that's, that's something that we, so to speak, we could take from, from this idea, from Parai, which, which the Egyptians, which, which Hashem showed, showed them so clearly that you could work and slave away for something. And just like that, with a snap of fingers, Hashem could go poof. And it all goes in the garbage. Okay. So everyone, thank you so much for coming. Hope you guys enjoyed. Any questions, please? Feel free. Yes,
Thank you.